Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Drogi. A quick note before we begin. Manowaker Studio is currently taking submissions for their next anthology, Starward Tales. We are looking for short stories, poems, and art on the theme of fairy tales retold in science fiction settings. For more information, check manowaker.com. This week, Airlock by C.R. Hodges. The captain sat in her usual chair, reading. Her breathing was laborious, the air so rancid even I could taste it. She struggled to her feet and stumbled toward the inner airlock, the book under her arm. I followed. The emergency klaxon blared, as it had been doing every ten minutes since the explosion. An electronic voice, devoid of emotion, declared, Please repair the oxygen reclamation system. The oxygen reclamation system was beyond repair, submerged in a newly formed lake of molten lava. We had less than two days of marginally breathable air left, even with only one survivor. Her pressure suit hung on its hook by the hatch. She allowed her fingers to glide across the silvered fabric. My suit should have hung next to hers, but it was buried a kilometer below the lunar surface, still on my corpse. The rest of the hooks were barren as well. As the inner lock hissed open, she reached for her helmet. Instead of placing it on her head, however, she merely rotated it slightly, squaring it off in its cubby. They're en route, I shouted. Less than 24 hours out. She knew this, even though my words went unheard. The hatch slid shut behind her. She faced the control panel, legs unsteady, her skin an unnatural blue. One hand hovered over the keypad as the other brushed back her unwashed hair. Alone in the windowless airlock, she wept. She was not alone, but she could no more see than hear me. I wept as well, but no tears formed. Two loud bangs and the lights went out. Our secondary generator had been fickle for months. Now it was the only source of power. In the absolute darkness that followed, her sobs tailed off, and a tiny penlight flicked on. She was sitting on the deck, knees drawn up to her chest, reading again. A leather-bound edition of Moby Dick. How she had smuggled it all the way to the moon was a mystery. A privilege of rank, perhaps. A dozen pages later, I left her to her solace and drifted through the pressure hull, out onto the vast gray moonscape. The sun was bright, but I cast no shadow. The tangled ruins of the huge dome that had covered the mine sprawled before me, a deep tomb now, encased in fresh lava. We had journeyed here as explorers and scientists. Mining had not been our intent, but the first white sapphire that we found in the lava tube had been as large as her fist. Spurts of dust and gas still vented out of the ruptured magma chamber. Only the control module remained intact, where the captain had been that day, alone. I scanned the heavens for the moon shuttle, somewhere between here and Earth. Launched as an ambulance, it would return as a hearse, 
hopefully with one passenger, if they were not too late, if she would let them. Unable to discern ship from star, I re-entered the airlock and peered over her shoulder. An obsessed captain who hunted a white whale until it consumed him, his crew, and his ship. Not the same, I cried again in vain. The lights came back on with a crisp snap. She dog-eared the page, stood and laid the book on the control panel. I darted outside, praying that the flare of the moon shuttle's landing motor would somehow brighten the night sky a day early. But it was not to be. The klaxon blared, that damn electronic voice again. I retreated back into the airlock. She was still standing by the control panel, her gloveless hand poised above the keypad. A round of cough so violent that she almost collapsed. Her right hand flailed out, knocking the book off the panel. Falling to her knees, she attempted to catch the book in its slow, end-over-end fall. It slipped through her feeble fingers and landed on the decking. The pages splayed out like wilted rose petals. Read another chapter, I thought desperately hoping she could hear my ethereal thoughts better than my silent voice. Read it cover to cover. She sunk down on her haunches before the book, staring at it. Read slowly. Panting softly, she picked up the book, cradling it in her arms like a newborn for a long moment. Please. Instead, she closed the book and stood it against the bulkhead, spine out. She rose back up on her knees and rested her cheek against the monitor, her skin a deeper shade of blue now. Her fingers settled on the keypad, then retreated to her collar. It took three minutes for her to undo her insignia and place it next to the standing book. Her knees sagged slightly, but with a grunt she pulled herself back up, head level with the keypad. She entered one digit of her code, then paused. Another digit and another pause, panting again. Eight more digits, the pause between each keystroke lengthening. Three beeps. Error, please re-enter your code. That beautiful electronic voice. Before I could cry out in joy, she had tapped her code back in. A single beep. A steady hiss. With a faint smile, as if she knew I was there, she struggled to her feet. We waited my hand overlapping hers. The hatch opened. She staggered out into the sunlight and collapsed. I followed. This has been Airlock, written by C.R. Hodges, and first appearing in Perihelion Science Fiction. The Flash Fiction podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. I'm C.B. Drogi. Thanks for listening. Episode 0105, production copyright 2016, CB Darogi and Manowaker Studio.